Welcome to the Ayumi podcast. Today, we will be speaking to Suki Bassi, the managing director of Russell Group and an Ayumi professional partner. Suki will offer his expertise on global threats ranging from the pandemic, Russia-Ukraine, to the cost of living and the China-Taiwan situation, which demonstrate the circularity of global threats and highlight the need for reinsurers and their clients to have a better understanding of this and their corresponding outcomes. Suki, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity of having me on the podcast today. Could you explain to us very briefly, what do we mean by the circularity of global threats? So we've noticed, particularly during uh, the pandemic period, that this was something that we have been uh, witnessing for a while now, pretty much from uh, from the uh, from the start of the 2010 with the with the credit shock that a global event triggered can can lead to multiple scenarios which then can lead to multiple events and and then the events then actually lead into further threats and we're into this cascading of uh, of threat scenario event but but this has been amplified particularly of late with the with a pandemic, and then subsequent to the pandemic, uh, the the shock on trade from from Ukraine, Russia, and the perceived threat that that has generating in terms of of that around China and Taiwan, and the cost of living crisis that emanating from it. So this circularity has, hasn't really been understood as well uh, as as one might have imagined by the uh, by the insurers principally because what we're talking about uh, largely are financial outcomes from these events uh, and some of the financial outcomes are covered and some of them aren't covered so when insurers have looked at this particularly with the the, the test case in, in the UK uh, that some of the cover drops into to classes of business and some of it doesn't and, and particularly when we're talking about threat scenarios and events that could hit multiple classes of business. The tendency has been that this normally gets ported as unknown or, or, or covered where, where it can be deemed to do so. So if we're trying to, to move to an environment where we are essentially more sustainable and resilient, particularly if you draw on the, the, the fact that the underlying risk managers are wanting to to have greater outcome-based solutions in in their sort of risk response toolkit then really the insurers need to to have a better grasp of of this relationship and its consequential effect on 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 cover is is a key thing as to, to to why we think a the circularity needs to be understood and b the consequence of it financial outcome also needs to be understood. So expanding on a little bit from that, could you delve into a little bit more about what financial outcomes to insurable and insured outcomes are? Good horizon scanning leads to better understanding of uh, of the circularity. And, and by that, I mean better modeling, better risk assessment, and, and more holistic analysis of of one's business based on the direct and indirect effects on that business. So this in the risk manager space is called horizon scanning, goes under different names, but scenario planning is something that's used quite a lot in the insurance sector. 
this is where we want to actually understand uh, not just those threats that are facing us directly, but also those threats that uh, that we're facing both indirect in nature. So horizon scanning leads to more understanding of the risk and the exposures that uh, relate to that. Then comes the the assessment of the the mapping between uh, that exposure and the exposure that's covered. So coming at it from an exposure sense rather than the claim sense gives us better understanding of uh, of what we already know, but also a close understanding of what we previously might have known or not known. So this is something that we're quite keen to, to push people's imagination and thinking on, quite simply because the definition of systemic risk varies from year to year. Now, if we're moving to an environment where we want to be more resilient and sustainable, then I would imagine that that, were, that which was systemic, say, 10 years ago, is probably more realistic and, and known and are more understandable today. In other words, the environment over the last 10 years would have been more complex. So therefore, the definition of systemic risk is never, ever fixed. So the only way we're going to be dealing with more complexity and at the same time being sustainable and resilient is to essentially uh, model horizons better, have a better understanding of the risk exposure relationship. And through that, we will gain a better understanding of what is insured and what isn't, and therefore form a judgment as to what we may want to cover going forward. Bearing in mind that most of the, as I think I mentioned already, most of the, the corporates are, or the risk managers, certainly in the corporates, are wanting to, to move to a more outcome-based approach then this kind of falls into the same sphere in the sense that through better horizon scanning, we'll get more certainty over financial outcomes. And we're starting to hear certain words come through that the terminology as a fix-all to a lot of these disruptions. So digitization is one, transparency another, diversification. A lot of this stuff, the underpinnings of a lot of this stuff is data and analytics, of course. You're going to need data and information if you want to introduce some of these things. So could you expand a little bit into what the role of data and analytics is going to be when it comes to threat analysis in the future? Data and, uh, and analytical techniques are actually the key pillars of horizon scanning anyway. So the form of horizon scanning, that certainly that we are keen to, to push only because we've been sort of developing this type of concept for a while is what we term the scenario factory, but whatever the approach data analytics is uh, key but it's not just the the data analytics i think that we are largely driving towards it's actually the the thinking or the imagination being able to utilize scenarios from the past in the present and and using uh, data science techniques to unravel the uh, the data points that uh, that that may not exist in data to to begin to form a, a better understanding of the of the perceived trends and the perceived patterns in the in the certainly the the, the current events or the the development of, of of threats is something that's absolutely key but but it's also the ability of of people which is the the you know the key element to 
to data analytics is the people driving them and what is their imagination like and are they able to storytell because in the end it is a storytelling approach that will un- unlock the the threat analysis to decision makers to enable them to understand the consequence of the outcomes that, of any particular study or or horizon scanning exercise. Let's say the current trajectory is taking place as is expected to. Let's say this stuff doesn't get any better and a conflict breaks out on the Taiwanese Strait tomorrow. Could you explain how does the application to trade disruption impact at the level of the port? So so trade disruption at, at a port, what do we mean by that? We're, really what we're sort of coming from is essentially the trade throughput at a country applied to a port or hopefully the, the, the financial movement in and out of a port using actual trade data, not claim data, as reported by the tax agency of of that country. Now, with that data, you're able to essentially use the 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 the, the number of days to to assess what the financial impact might be due to an outage at at that given port. So the approach that we take is is quite simply we have taken global trade data, formed what we describe as a digital twin, which is a, a mimic of of global trade as represented by the top 100 countries. And we essentially use the the movement to ships uh, or the allocated trade to the, uh, to the movement of ships to determine how much of that trade flows in and out of a port. And the period over which the ships are actually in port, they're deemed to actually impart portion of their trade to to that port. Now, this essentially enables us to to form an opinion of the the imports into 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 a port or any given port, certainly involving the the top one hundred countries, and and also the trade leaving that or exported from those ports. This number then can be combined to form a a financial outcome should there be a disruption on on any given day so if we were looking at a at a financial impact on a port it would be in the month of september it simply would be the number of days that have been allocated due to the movement of the ships through that port for for that month quite simply now, if we then move a, a little step further and look at the the ways in which this has been used. Now, this has been used both from a uh, from an actual perspective, so the ship movements have actually taken place, but also ship movements that are likely to take place based on the patterns of movements, so that we can then use that with assessed forecast trade to actually predict where the ships might be in the in the future or in the current year at least so that we can essentially look at trade disruption let's say in the uh, Taiwanese Strait in the month of September for example and because it's not restricted just to to a port it can apply to a region Uh, and given that you've got actual or projected movements you can then calculate 
the the impacts uh, on those ports, uh, either the, the port in, in in question or the ports within the area of analysis. In this case, the Strait of Taiwan. But we've gone one step further. We've also mapped business activities to commodities through that route. We also are able to assess the impact on exporting and importing companies, which essentially enables us to look at business interruption, not just direct on a port, but actually the consequential CBI effect on companies as well, which is something that we're not just using in the maritime area, we're also looking at utilising that for CBI and other classes of business in other areas as well. Finally, how can we use this approach you've outlined to better understand tangible and intangible exposure across the industry? So the financial outcome is essentially the calculated start point from the horizon scanning techniques or scenario planning technique that uh, the, the, the companies use internally or, or may want to start to use. They don't postulate tangible or intangible in, in actual fact in the approaches that, that we use. We form an opinion around business interruption. And there are seven techniques or seven ways in which we've recognized business interruption can occur, which can either be from a tangible or an intangible. And essentially, the scenario planning or horizon scanning essentially quantifies a financial outcome from all of them. So I guess it comes down to the the lens in which the horizon planning or scenario planning is actually happening. Certainly, uh, I would always advocate looking at all routes, whether tangible or intangible. And certainly, if we look at the business interruption or the seven ways in that I identified earlier, I mean, I can can list them. uh, There are uh, loss or access to infrastructure, loss of or access to intellectual property and data, loss of supply, failure to supply, client default, volatile economies and markets and regulatory action action if you just look at russia and ukraine for example pretty much all of them have applied in that one uh, scenario set and and there have been plenty of others the the the, the you know the classic example that we saw was a data a data center fire causing you know, which is obviously a tangible event in one so, uh, in one sense causing knock-on supply chain issues to to companies who were actually hosted in that data center and 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 essentially hitting companies that were reliant on their services so we know these events do happen and happen quite often quite often they they're kind of reported in their own classes so we don't see them holistically and that is always the challenge seeing things holistically but if we're moving to a landscape where we are doing more scenario horizon scanning then we begin to see the bigger picture and in seeing the bigger picture we begin to see exposures that aren't classic tangible or intangible in nature and this is something that we we uh, we will begin to see quite simply because intangible exposures are growing at a faster pace than the tangible exposures as we've seen in the stock market prices of companies like Google overtaking uh, more classic industries that are into mining or oil. Suki, thanks very much for your time. 
thank you for allowing me to to be part of this uh, podcast. If you liked this podcast, please visit the Ayumi website at www.ayumi.com.